0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Does Monday at the office
1: feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach, with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com
2: slash AI for all.
1: You don't always have to like him. But you have to respect him. The Roy Green Show continues. The Roy
2: Green Show continues on the Chorus Radio Network.
0: Roy Green Show on uh, this Sunday on the Chorus Radio Network. And I had an idea earlier this morning and uh, something that I've sort of been ruminating about for some time. We've talked about millennials on this program. We've talked about the young people who are trying to get their lives started. And it, it's challenging. And uh, sometimes we hear from millennials who talk about their education not working out for them, the jobs not working out for them. They. They just don 't have feel they have the opportunities that they need to get ahead get ahead in life. Uh, there are others who say life is absolutely just exactly the way they like it. There are parents who say they 've got their kids at home and they 're happy to have them home, even though they 're in their twenties There are other parents who say it 's time to leave because I want to live life. There are employers who are thrilled with their millennial employees and there are employers who've told us they want a lot of uh, they have a lot of expectations they want the big buck and they don 't want to work for it so there's so much uh, being said about this particular generation, and uh, so I've invited the two millennials, as I said earlier, put up with me every weekend in the studio, and uh, Lisa Pilevsky is the is the production operator. She is um, responsible for flying this airplane and keeping it straight and level. She does a remarkable job. She's also a weekend news anchor on 900 CHML in Hamilton and uh, just recently started uh, with some reporter assignments too. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, Will Erskine, is, he's Scottish. <laughs> just found that out. I, <laughs> I won't hold that. What's the, the bow tie? You should be wearing a kilt.
1: <laughs> well, at least this is plaid. Right, it is plaid. Yeah, you're right.
0: It is. Will Erskine is my uh, call screener. He's the person when you if you call the show, Will is the person you're going to be speaking with, and he's all invariably pleasant. He's always in an up mood, in a great frame of mind. You both are. So, uh, thank you for doing this.
2: Thank you for having us.
0: Yeah, thank you. And you don't need me, so uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> Bye, Roy. <laughs> so, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> you never miss an opportunity. <laughs> what is the single, let's start with this, what's the single greatest challenge? If I were to sit, I've got you two, but if I s- sat in, a, in an auditorium with 100 or 200 or 1,000 millennials, people in their 20s, right? What's the, uh, what's the age for millennials?
1: Roughly, um, I could be off on this, but I'd say it, 20s and even counting um, some of the teenagers right okay. now, like the kids who are just graduating. Okay. And
2: early 30s, as well, early
1: 30s yep. as well. Yep, early 30s as well.
0: Okay, so if I had to group from, say, 19 to uh, 31 or 32 in uh, in an auditorium and I were to say to them, what is the single greatest challenge that you face as a generation? What's, what's the, what's the in, uh, inevitable first answer I'm going to get?
1: I think a lot of millennials will go straight to uh, monetary concerns. I think they'll go uh, into um, access to jobs, um, the price, the cost of living, and, uh, and discrepancies between what is being provided and what is needed. Um, however, to be honest, I think there's a slightly bigger uh, concern that underlies a lot of that if I can go off topic just a little bit. Sure, go ahead. Well, I think one of the biggest challenges above all this is something you're breaking uh, right now is, is the bias that already exists. Because as you said, there's so much discussion about millennials and about how we feel and what's happening and what our opinions and perspectives are. But that gets in the way of there being an honest conversation and that bias uh, interferes with uh, people listening to what concerns are
0: so you think there's a there's a negative initial impression about millennials that's developed yes and that's also when somebody doesn't know don't just know you will doesn't know you Lisa that maybe their underlying initial responses I'm ah, not sure about them because you're of that particular generation
1: yes.
2: Well, and I would say um, the participation trophy is a perfect example of uh, this because participation trophies were handed out to us as we were when we were kids. Right. It's assumed that we didn't know that those don't mean anything. We were quite aware that participation trophies are meaningless, but it was the parents handing it out to us that put the importance on them.
0: So when you when you received a participation trophy, was it then it was something that you just. Put away somewhere, or was it something that you had some level of pride in?
2: No, no pride whatsoever. So you got
0: it. You got it that it didn't really mean anything.
2: Of course. Yeah. Okay. We're smart,
0: <laughs> contrary not, to popular
2: popular belief.
0: By the way, I'm going to disagree with you on on, on on one on one point, Will. Okay. When you talk about you're the maybe the most talked about generation. No, you're not. We are. No, that's boomers. true. Boomers. That's true. As my, matter of fact, that's my new nickname, Boomer.
1: <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah, I I would not say that we are the most talked about. Um,
0: but you are talked about and you are yeah. extremely relevant because you are the generation that is going to be running things for a significant period of time mm-hmm. now so if you don't get in at uh, least if you don't get in at the uh, at a level where you can actually grow into uh, a career that you may want to choose to, uh, to 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 follow that's very tough uh if you're not getting your feet wet in your mid 20s getting your feet wet in your 30s Becomes significantly more problematic because there are things that you want to accomplish in life. There's sort of a uh, a biological—I don't like the term biological clock—but there's a biological schedule that 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 that, uh, that people normally accept. You know, you're going to get married, you're going to have kids. That's the fun, now That's the that's the uh, sort of the fundamental orthodox um, uh, feeling. But do you get a sense, Lisa, that that it's that you have a fair opportunity? generically, to accomplish what you want to accomplish in 2017?
2: Not at this point, I think. And it all kind of stems from when I graduated high school in 2005. I'm 29 years old. Um, I graduated high school in 2005, and they basically said, if you don't go to university, you're going to be a deadbeat. College wasn't an option for an academically gifted person. It, mm-hmm. So... I was basically told, go to university or you will fail. Uh, the job market changed as I was graduating university in 2009. There was no need for university graduates. What was needed was people with skills.
0: Like plumbers, electricians, exactly. auto mechanics.
2: Yes. Yeah, so I kind of floundered for a year. In 2010, I said, okay, well, I guess I will go to college and learn a trade. Uh, not really a trade necessarily. I'm in radio. But... Um, it's more useful certainly than a BA in communication studies, which means nothing at all.
0: But your expectation was when he went into university that the that the graduation certificate, that the uh, the sheepskin. Euphemistically, the sheepskin was going to be of real value to you. It was going to be a, it was going to be a key that would unlock the door.
2: That's what we were. That was drilled into yeah, us. That we yeah. were told that that was, and we didn't know any better. We're teenagers.
0: Yeah, well, exactly. And I've spoken to a university professor from the University of uh, Saskatchewan on a number of occasions, and uh, he has, he said that what happens is that you have uh, a cadre of teens coming out of high school. And they will be, uh, they'll be the flavor of the month or the flavor of the year. In other words, the educational course that you choose is the one that everybody else chooses. So the swarm all heads for law or the swarm all heads for social work or the swar- swarm all heads for medicine. And then there are too many of you coming out of the other end. And so the prospects are limited because of the numbers.
2: Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's definitely something I saw with a lot of my friends. Yeah. Uh, business. Was what they were all aimed for, and right. these same consequences are what we uh, ended up with.
0: It's like the stories we hear about. Uh, I think it was law was was one of the biggest career choices uh, in the maybe the eighties. And I remember um, a story about I don't really, can't remember what city it was. It was a major city in North America, and they were talking about the numbers of law graduates, law school graduates, uh, some had passed the bar were driving buses. Not that there's anything wrong with driving buses, but they were drive. I think it was Hamilton. Uh, they were driving buses because that was what they had available to them.
1: Yeah, and for millennials, the uh, the stereotype is uh, we're baristas,
2: retail. Or yep. retail. Yep. Yeah,
1: retail.
0: Yeah, baristas,
2: retail. Good luck yep. with that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, if I could go back just a second, sure, what, you want. Uh, because the other thing is. We discuss millennials, but it is such a span. Uh, Before I came on, I contacted a bunch of my friends, uh, people. I work multiple jobs, of course, um, part time. Anyways, I work with some people who are 10 years younger than me. They just graduated high school like the other day. They had their, uh, you know, close to the end of the year things. And uh, so I was talking to some of them and getting different responses about what the challenges are. Not wildly different, still focused a lot on, you know, prospects, their jobs. Of course, these kids are talking about university and college. Uh, but what was interesting to me was, one, and I shouldn't call them kids, because they're they're in our age group, they're teens, they've graduated. They're, they're the kids to me. But they're kids to you, yeah. Well, and, and I don't think of kids as a derogatory term. It isn't. Yeah. But anyways, they uh, were discussing how jobs that they are looking at their careers that they're planning out now seem to require highly specified skills uh things that they they need to start making their judgments now even more so than in the past are uh,
0: they equipped to make these decisions
1: well that would be that would be a, a heavy concern yeah, i mean you they? you either feel that you are or you feel that you're not and you you take a shot at it i suppose um and from their perspective, yeah, they're, they're feeling, I would say, iffy is the general general uh, sense that I got. They're, they're iffy about whether or not they can make this call about what do they want.
0: We've got to take a break. We'll come back and uh, we'll talk more with uh, Will and Lisa. And uh, one of the questions that I'm going to ask them is whether we're making this more complicated than it, uh, than it really should be. Because ultimately, I know people are going to say this to me, look, Roy, People make of their lives what they want to make of their lives. If there's a door, unlock it or kick it down. One or the other. Uh, I, I don't know that it's that simple for the millennials. Remember what our federal finance minister said not long ago, and that is if you think you're going to have a job that's going to last you for many years, for life maybe, because people used to get jobs for life. You went in at 18, you got out at 60, you had your pension, you went on and you know, you did what you did. Um but he, the, the finance minister said, "That's not going to happen. You be ready to move from job to job to job to job. That's not something that many people are comfortable with or or want to do. Anyway, we will talk more with Lisa and with Will. And we'll find out what their friends had to say. You can email me at roy at roygreenshow dot com. Twitter at the Roy Green Show. We'll come back right after this.
1: Roy may be a lot of things, but
0: shy isn't one of them. He never backs down from a good debate. This is the Roy
2: Green Show <laughs> on <laughs> the Corus Radio Network."
0: Our Federal Minister of Health, Dr. James Philpott, says that it might be a good idea to provide prescription heroin to people who are addicted to drugs, because if you don't, they'll go to the street to get what. Come on, minister. We'll talk about that next hour. And the uh, the opioid guidelines. Um, I want to go back to some of that with our conversation with the editor of the guidelines. But the health minister's talking about providing heroin to people who are addicted. And how long are you going to do that for, minister? How long? What's the plan? Uh, Right now, we're speaking about the millennial generation, their challenges, um, what it is that they are facing as a group, and um, how they feel about what's going on in the world. This is not something that we've talked about, and that's something I want to get at with you in just a minute. Now, you said something, Will, before the break, and it really struck me, and it was just something you said in passing. You said, I work... A number of part-time jobs, of course.
1: Yeah. And uh, I caught myself as I said that. I was thinking that is a generational difference, actually. Of course, I work part-time jobs. Just expected. Yeah. Uh, And that is, uh, you know, it's not just me. The majority of my friends work multiple part-time jobs just to bring in uh, enough money. They're trying to save up. They're trying to build a future, like what's expected of them and what they want. It's not just living up to expectations. And yet, yes, still several – many of them still live in uh, – still live with their Are parents. Are you discouraged? Personally?
0: As I, a group or personally uh, as well? Uh,
1: as a group, yeah. I'd say the general sense is uh, is discouragement. There's a, a, a jaded uh, feel. That Jaded was the exact word one friend said. Uh, uh, Said to me, mm-hmm. uh, responding to my question. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'm n- not so much discouraged myself, but uh, I that I think that's more just my personality. Okay,
0: Lisa, what about that? I work a number of part time jobs, of course.
2: Yeah, absolutely. All of my friend, my friends all work multiple jobs. I'm working on getting a second job. Uh, it's no no strange idea to our generation, and I think what really kind of stings is that we are working hard we're trying but then we hear the older generations label us as lazy we they call it, they say we complain we're saying no we kind of just want the same kind, the same life that you guys had the the older generation but the opportunities just aren't there
0: uh, people will hear you say that they'll hear will say that and they say they're whining not me, but people will say that
2: mm-hmm. yeah, a,
0: and is that's what that's what you're talking about, right?
2: yeah, I mean, maybe we are whining, but i it, it it's just I don't understand, uh, it's just that we're called lazy, but the people I see the people my age work so hard, yeah. my best friend works three jobs, she still lives at home, is trying so hard to work just get and make something of herself but it's the economy just isn't right for it
0: so when you look down the road and uh, you look at your future and you look at yourself it's hard to predict what's going to happen to you when you're 50 or 60 i mean i when i was in my 20s if somebody said to me what are you going to do when you're 50 or what are you going to do when you're 60 i wouldn't i would have said i'm going to be in radio because i got lucky and i got into the career that i wanted very early and and that's the way it turned out but when you're when you look down the road are you able to make any sort of – Lisa, do you have any sense of what you'll be doing 20, 30 years from now? Or do you want to have that idea, that sense?
2: I would love to have a sense. I would love to have the security of knowing that it's going to be fine. I'm going to finally get a good job that will allow me to move out again. Because I did – I moved out, but I had to move back home. And there's the shame there because, oh, you live in your parents' basement. You're not working hard. And I –
0: yeah, I I you know I've had the feeling that it it can't be easy for somebody who um has to move has to move back in with mom and dad because of economic circumstances or because of a breakdown of a family life or a combination of of a number of uh, factors will. What do you say to that? Uh yeah. And do you have a pl- do you have a plan for when you're 50 or 60 years of age and and can you can you logist can you logically aim for something or is the is the is the environment just too just too foggy for you to be able to say, this is where I'm, I want to be when I'm 50 or 60.
1: Uh, this goes back to what I was saying about my own personality. I suppose for me, yeah, I, I have an idea of mm-hmm. what I want, but I recognize the environment is just that, uh, foggy. Uh, I, I, I call it a swirling chaos. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, and I just I work towards what I can do. But, I mean, even I do feel an underlying discouragement because like, y- you don't know. I just recognize that the deal is that's kind of true for everyone from every generation, just to varying degrees.
0: Now, when we come back, I want to ask you about a little bit about the political realities. We have a a prime minister who's the butt of many jokes in Canada. We have a president of the United States who's the butt of jokes and a lot of criticism. We have a, a lot of uncertainty internationally in the political scene. And I would like your thoughts on on what it is that you would expect of people who want to take leadership of our countries and our societies. We'll come back with Will and Lisa on the Roy Green show on the Chorus Radio Network.
1: Intelligent Talk Radio.
2: Intelligent Talk Radio. This
1: is the Roy Green show
0: on the Chorus Radio Network. They are Lisa Palevski and Will Erskine, and they are the technical producer and call screener, respectively, on this program on the Roy Greenshaw on the Chorus Radio Network. So the reason I haven't given you the phone number is because I don't have a call screener right now because he's sitting here. hey Instead of doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're sitting here talking. <laughs> That's my job. Let me just read, let me read you a couple of things that have come in on, uh, on email. Uh, text has come in. All the good things have been taken, so forget about it. So mm. that's a sense, That's just a little humor, okay? Yeah. Just, just <laughs> Uh Somebody writes, Robin writes, uh, the job market is tough for everyone. I'm 55 and unemployed for six months. I find the jobs are going to younger people, and I'm rejected. Ageism is a reality. It is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Dave writes, people need to research what education will get them a decent job and then work hard to get your foot in the door to get experience. Also, many jobs we see today will be gone in 10 to 20 years due to technology. I think that's a fair statement. Let me see what else I've got here. Um, uh, also from Dave, my twenty-two-year-old daughter is part-time EMT and works four jobs and owns her condo. She re- works very hard to get ahead. My middle daughter is going to university and works almost full-time at a retail store. She was made assistant manager at nineteen because of her hard work and good attitude. They know it's up to them to make their own life. You you both know that. You know. Uh, yeah. We both understand it's. Nobody's going to hand you anything. You
2: know that. Yeah, go ahead. I'm just wondering, saying that you work four jobs, that's not good. That shouldn't be the reality. I mean, that wasn't the reality prior to... wasn't the reality for me. No. I mean, good for her. That's amazing that she can do that. But there are circumstances that occasionally prevent people from working that many jobs if you have children or if you are looking after disabled family members um, it's out of your control, unfortunately. I don't begrudge anyone for working hard. I admire people who can do that much.
0: Do you know what I'm hearing a little bit? I'm seeing your body language. I'm hearing you, Lisa. Uh, there, you get your backs up a little bit at this. <laughs>
1: of course, yeah, right? I mean, You're getting your
0: backs up at it because you've heard it. You feel like it's an attack.
1: I see it more as a challenge or a puzzle, but yes. Okay. Yes.
0: What, Lisa, what have your friends uh, texted or emailed to you?
2: Um, I actually haven't gotten a lot of response as much as Will has, uh, but I did get, you know, just saying... Eat the rich? (laughs) (laughs) I did have one friend say that. Uh, She's mostly (laughs) tongue-in-cheek. But, um, no, there's another friend in... uh, She lives in England, and she just says, all we want is just to be able to have a full-time job, uh, just be able to work and be happy. So
0: it's a universal issue. It doesn't matter where you are, right?
2: No. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. Let me go through a couple of... uh, um, bullet points here, are you good personal communicators? And the reason I ask is that you've grown up with these damn things, you know, <laughs> smartphones. I I love them and I detest them simultaneously. I admire what they do, but they are such an influence on my life. And I grew up as a kid in the time of chalk and probably people – leaving messages carved <laughs> on tree trunks. But we talked a lot to each other. If we, if we had to communicate, we had to speak to each other. You can pick up your smartphone, and you are so conversant with this equipment. It's your first option. For me, it's like number two, maybe number three. And I remember doing a show when this show originated in Montreal. I was talking to my producer who was 27 years of age. And he had he, he called his his girlfriend and his girlfriend I was trying to remember how this went. His girlfriend was his girlfriend couldn't talk to us, that's what it was, because she was communicating with other friends of hers who were advising another girlfriend on what shoes to buy. So this other girlfriend was in the shoe store taking pictures of, of shoes sending them out to the group of her friends, and they were deciding what shoes they should buy. And what came out of that was, in the classroom environment, uh, you were sort of broken down into teams, and you did things as a group. I don't know if this is correct or not, but tell me. You did things as a group, and you functioned better as a group than as individuals. Is that correct or not?
1: Yes, I had that uh, experience in today. School. I mean today,
0: right? Like right now. Okay. Do you function better if you can bounce things off friends, or if you do things just on your own?
1: Uh, it depends on the situation. No, no, don't vacillate. But no, I I do mostly bouncing. I would say. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Lisa,
2: I would say I do things more independently, but I think that's just my personality. Yeah, um, yeah and I hear about how you say that people, you know, we grew up. With technology that uh, you didn't have. No,
0: told. we didn't have it. Like a, we, an Underwood manual typewriter.
2: <laughs> but the interesting <laughs> thing is, too, we didn't necessarily grow up with cell phones. I got my first mm-hmm. cell phone in second year university, and it was a flip phone. Um, I'd already done most of my adolescence without, without technology. I called people on the telephone, and I, I mean, texting didn't exist yet. Have you ever
1: used a phone booth?
2: Yes. Yes, I have.
1: Yep. Okay. Yeah. I've also explained phone booths to small children who didn't <laughs> yeah. know what they were. And what do they think? They were amazed by them. They, they thought... think it's new stuff? No, no. no they. New. I explained it was old, and they thought it was so cool to hear about some old form of technology.
0: So, look, uh, we have about five minutes. I want to take some calls from our from our, from our our listeners in uh, about 10, 15 minutes for calls. Okay. So let's wrap this up with what you think needs to be said that hasn't been said. We'll go ahead.
1: Uh, I think primarily what has not been said is sorry i need a second to collect my thoughts there that's fine here's what i'm thinking uh that we do have a communication barrier between generations this is not something new this is what always happens between generations uh, that needs to be recognized, especially when people are uh, addressing millennials, trying to listen to a, a millennial discuss something like and,
0: like, like um uh, uh,
1: mental health issues, yeah. uh, employment issues, yeah. and monetary concerns. Okay. Any number of things. Uh, millennials, to a degree, we we need to understand that as well when we're discussing it to uh, to people of previous generations. Do you,
0: are you comfortable with talking people to people my age?
1: I am. Yeah, Lisa.
2: Uh, Yeah, I'd say so.
0: You guys like me, don't you? Of course. (laughs) You have no (laughs) choice. There's only one correct answer. (laughs) Alisa, what do you wrap it up with?
2: I I think I'd agree with Will. There needs to be communication on both ends. And it's not happening? Not really. Like you said, we kind of got our backs up. Absolutely. We got defensive because we're used to being on the defensive, I think. And... That's not necessarily good. Maybe no, no, no. We, we,
0: we, My group needs to take a, uh, take uh, note of that. Oh, I do have to ask you one more question. Sure. Just like that Colombo guy that yeah. you both watched on TV, oh, right? yeah. Remember what TVs are? It's a big screen in the middle of the room.
2: <laughs> I've got one up here.
0: Yes, that's right. It, it's called television. <laughs> we were the first family in our village in England to have a television. Wow. That's how old televisions are. Yeah. Um, politics. When you look at the political leaders, when you look at the political parties, when you listen to what they have to say, what's your reaction, Lisa?
2: Um, just kind of a resigned disappointment, I think. Yeah. it's yeah. A, There's not really an understanding of uh, younger... You, you know, you can say Justin Trudeau is the, uh, the selfie king, he's the millennial's dream and any, everything, but no, not really. No. Coming no. from, uh, I consider myself, shocking, sorry, listeners, I'm a liberal. <laughs> and, I work uh, with
0: a liberal. I work with two liberals. Yeah, <laughs> Good
1: God.
2: <But> I don't, <laughs> and I'm Scottish. And I don't think that Justin Trudeau is an accurate representative. He doesn't give me hope. No. Doesn't give me hope. And uh, I don't see the kind of leader that I would I would like to see in office. What author.
0: about the guy south of the border?
2: Oh, boy. <laughs> I I report news, so I am remaining neutral right now.
0: Okay, that's a nice out. That's good. That's very, (laughs) very good. That's very clever. What about you, Will? Um, First here. First our guy.
1: First our guy. Yeah, Justin Trudeau. um, No, I'm not seeing much uh, actually addressing our concerns from him or from the leading parties. I'm not seeing much from most parties, to be honest. Uh, it, it's as I, I I think the main thing is a lot of our culture has to do some catch up. That's both technologically uh, the the ramifications of our technology, and uh, culturally things across the board that are happening right now uh, that we're discussing right now. How our generation's affected. Well, I
0: just want to wrap this part of the show up by saying, I look forward to working with both of you. I have a lot of fun working with you. Your your heads are in the in the game. I know you care about the show. You're very busy working all the time and you make contributions and you offer suggestions so i'm fortunate to work with you too and, and i i i don't just say that well i'm telling everybody now but uh but i've made that clear to the people uh, who sign all of our paychecks so
2: thank you it's a pleasure thank you, to work it's, with you guys. i very much appreciated and come on! And come on.
1: thank you very much for having us on the show. And come on! And thank you for being a <laughs> wonderful host and boss who offers us a lot of encouragement and uh, and values our opinion and respects yeah, us you as guys people. Are, you
0: guys are
2: great. I'm always ending my 12-hour days with a smile. So oh, good. I think that's good. a that's a great thing.
0: Thank you. And as long as you're ending your 12-hour day working with me, uh, so we'll out of here. In yep. better be- be- Lisa. Once you're running over there to get at the phones. And uh, I don't know how to unlock these lines, but uh, Will will do that in a second. The number is 1-800-263-2428, 1-800-263-2428, Roy Green Show Chorus Radio Network. You've been listening to Lisa Pileski and Will Erskine, my millennials. So what's the what's the challenge for millennials, and, and and how are you reacting to what you heard them say? I found it fascinating. What stuck out to you, and how would you respond to anything that Will and Lisa said? 1-800-263-2428. Green Show Chorus Radio Network.